The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show here on Unity Online Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Dream, Kelly Sullivan Walden. This is the place where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. And that is a hero slash shiro journey or hero or heroine's journey as the case may be. We're going to be talking about the creative heroine's path today. And this isn't just for women because there is the heroine in men as well. So don't tune out if you're a guy. Um, and especially I think for the for the men who want to understand women, they might also get something not just for themselves, but something for the women in their lives and we're coming up on Valentine's Day and I think it's important as a relationship strategy to not just think of each other as romantic partners but also partners in shine partners in in doing what we came here on this planet to do partners in becoming the hero or shiro of your life and doing it together in partnership, man, there's nothing like it. I mean, we can do a lot on our own, don't get me wrong. But if we have the right partnership and we figure out how to not just tolerate them, but how to celebrate them, then, wow, it becomes a lot easier to do the things that we came here to do. And that's that's been my experience with my hubby. So shout out to you, Dana Walden. All right. So let's do a little prayer to get ourselves nice and cozy in this in this space. So let me just invite you to turn within and take a big deep breath. Ah, let's release and let go of all of the thousands of things swirling around in our minds and in our lives all of the to-do lists that just seem to grow and grow and grow with our attention. So let's just turn our attention away from those things that beep and bleep and try to grab our attention. Let's just become connected and and passionate about the silence. Let's just become completely consumed by it. Let's romance the silence for a moment. And as we do, let's let ourselves drop deep into that sweet sanctuary that resides at the center of our soul, that place that is always here, home sweet home, wherever we may roam. It's always nearer than our breathing and closer than our hands and feet. It's that heaven that we seek in all the things that we do and create and all everything that we try to do and create is to get to this place that oh my god it's already here and it's been here all along but it just simply takes dropping in so let's just take another big deep breath here as we just land in this sacred sanctuary that feels so good 
Ah, and as we breathe here and shine our light on it, we grow it so that the center most part of us becomes our circumference. So our center becomes our circumference. Ah. So with this in mind, we just allow ourselves to acknowledge our dreaming mind, the part of ourselves that thinks and feels symbolically and is not just imprisoned by the concrete logic of our lives, but that part of us that that sees beyond the vast terrain and can be within the vast terrain of who we are. And we can call that into the mundane and ordinary aspects of our lives. So we celebrate our dreaming mind here. And of course, you're welcome to call in. We do have a guest today, but you're welcome to call in. She's quite the dream worker herself, Julie Baldwin. And we're going to talk about dreams and the heroine's journey and heroine's path and the creative heroine's path today. So let's celebrate that that hero's journey, that heroine's journey that you are on right now. And you know that you're on it if you're breathing. So hello, you're on it. It just helps to know what some of the signs are, what some of the lookout points ahead are so that you can navigate with more grace and more bliss and more joy. What a concept. So thank you for listening today. I'm so grateful to be here. Oh, yes. And so it is. Amen. A woman, a dreams. All right. So I am pulling a card today from the Dream Goddess Empowerment Deck. This is a new deck that comes out in a couple of months, and it's based on 55 goddesses throughout time and space and history. And the one that I just pulled is Sekhmet. She is the warrior goddess of healing. She's Egyptian, by the way. So the message for from Sekhmet to you is, is your words and deeds have more impact than you realize. Since you can create or destroy with the bat of an eyelash, make sure to respond rather than react to what triggers you. Magnify your life force and wield it for the healing of those you touch. I'm just going to repeat this. Your words and deeds have more impact than you realize. Since you can create or destroy with the bat of an eyelash, make sure to respond rather than to react to what triggers you. Magnify your life force and wield it for the healing of those you touch. Ah, So that's the Dream Goddess Empowerment Deck message for the day from Sekhmet. So how's that land on you? To me, this is one of the reasons why I love dreams, because in dreams and dream work, we realize that we are all characters in the dream. We are the one who is chasing us. We're the one who is chased. We're the one who has all the power. We're the one that sometimes feels powerless. And when we can incorporate and integrate all of those aspects into the simplicity and the the container of our own heart, then we become more responsible people, less reactive, more responsible. And I cannot 
emphasize this enough how important this has been in my life recognizing the power that we have and recognizing the power that I have and I would have never thought in the past that I could ever destroy anybody that I could ever hurt anybody because I never mean to but oh my lord I in in hindsight I realized wow I've owed a lot of amends for just some offhanded snarky comments I've made in the past so I am working on this. This is a, I'm a work in progress on this one. So thank you, Sekhmet. So if you have a dream you would like to share today, or you, you have a question about the dream goddesses, or a question about your creative heroine's path, then number to call is 816-251-3555. Again, 816-251-3555. And I'm happy to explore your dreams with you as well as any questions you might have. So Julie is going to be joining us soon. Julie Baldwin, I met her in um, Denver a few months ago when I was out doing a dream segment on the news out there on Colorado and Company. And she is an amazing artist. And um, we both have the hero's journey in common that we both are passionate about. And she really focuses it on the the feminine aspect. and with it um, focused on focused on creativity and how freeing yourself up um, creatively is is its own hero slash heroine's journey. Okay, so I think Julie is with us. I'm going to bring her on right now. Let's see. Is this you, Julie? It is. Hello. Yay. So let me just tell people a little bit more about you while we were talking behind your back. Now we'll talk in front of your back. So Julie Baldwin guides women from fear to creative freedom so they can be as successful in their creative lives as they are in their careers. A former writing and man- writer and manager in the software industry, she left it behind to pursue her creative calling and become a certified professional co-active coach. Her book, The Creative Heroine's Path, emerged from her experience and from mentoring other women blazing their creative paths in midlife. She loves to write, paint, and travel. She lives in Colorado with her husband and a very spoiled Boykin Spain Spaniel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You named what's your what's your Boykin Spaniel's name? Lucy. Hi, Lucy. Okay, <laughs> we've got to bring the spirit of Lucy. I've got my dogs that are hovering around, so you may hear them on the show. Awesome. They may be saying hello to Lucy. So without further ado, thank you for joining us today, Julie Baldwin. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk with you about about dreams and creativity and being on the path. Me too. Me too. So it was really fun to meet you. I want to give a a shout out to Patty Ashley for connecting us and um and the amazing class that we were in. Oh my gosh, I'm spacing on her name. I can't believe I'm doing that. Oh my goodness, whose dream workshop was that? Billy, 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 Billy Ortiz. Oh my God. It was right. Her face was in my, right in my face, but I haven't completely woken up yet. It's still kind of early on the West coast ish (laughs) here in California. It's like, it's only 10, 15. Okay. So let's talk about how you got into the, the creative heroines path and how it first dawned on you. So give us a little bit of your background and then we'll dive deeper. 
Okay, yeah. So um, when I, I you mentioned I was in the software industry for a long time, um, and I after a while I actually got burnt out and I got sick. And around the same time, our company had been bought and they laid off almost everybody in the company, and it was actually mm-hmm. timing for me um, because I knew I couldn't go back. So um, I started to explore my creativity, which I had not devoted enough of my life to, and it was it was always a, um, a loss for me to not be doing that. And as I did it, I started to look for my own process. You know, how does it even work? Because there's times I would tell myself I had to wait for inspiration and all the little things we do to really keep ourselves from doing it. And so right. I'd always loved uh, the hero's journey, um, and I, I thought that was like a perfect blueprint for spiritual growth, really. And I started to look at my creative process through that lens, and it made a lot of sense for me. And by going through it and writing about it and kind of, kind of exercises and things in the book for kind of taking you through that process, I reclaimed my creativity in a really big way, mm-hmm. and I wrote, and I uh, wrote the book and got it published and. Here I am. <laughs> oh my God! And you are a painter and oh yeah, I loved it. Multifaceted yeah. artist, mm-hmm. beautiful <laughs> painter. So one of the things I loved in your book, and your book is beautiful, by the way. I mm-hmm. want to talk about dragons, but I also love the whole notion of being a late bloomer. So for those who feel like, um, like you did, you said that you were, and I'm trying to find the page. Oh, here it is. It's on page 21. A word about late bloomers. Years ago when I was in my 30s, as despondent despondent that I had wasted part of my life, my dream therapist told me that everyone is on their own timetable. When we talked about the things that held me back, he said the wonderful thing about late bloomers is that all the energy spent holding back is available to shoot you forward like an arrow. Imagine your spirit as the archer. You may have been pulling back on the bow of your potential for a long time. It can be exhausting, but now that you're ready, and you are, or you wouldn't be reading this book, you have all that stored energy at your disposal. Oh, I love that. I love that. I think this is applicable to a lot of our listeners. So, so how was that for you to, to experience that? Did it like, there's that saying in the Bible, all the years, the locust have, have eaten or given back to you. So is that what it felt like to you? Like kablam, here we go. Uh, Well, it wasn't as dramatic as that because I really had to have faith that that was true. I had to believe Mm. that it was possible before I really believed it was possible. (laughs) That makes sense. Um, Mm it's been a process but i i know now it is absolutely true uh the the creative path for me and for for anybody who devotes themselves to it it really is a path of becoming authentic to our to our our core selves and as you do that as you take risks of you know, with failing, of looking stupid in front of people, of mm, <laughs> forgetting mm. judgment, all of the things that, you know, that made us hide ourselves as little kids, what happens is it, that energy starts to free up. And it takes a right. lot of energy to hide these parts of ourselves that are really our gifts and they're our genius. And when you start letting go of that, 
yeah, there is a lot more psychic. I have a lot more psychic energy behind everything creative that I'm doing now than I did even a year ago or certainly a few years ago when I, when I started on this path. Mm. Isn't that amazing that all the, all the energy that we spend tied up in fearful thoughts or fearful beliefs and it's like with what could what might we do with that bandwidth if if it was freed up that just it's kind of a radical thought so mm, i love that you said that <laughs> yeah it's and it's true and i've i've experienced it so i i know it's real and it's it's phenomenal it's one part of why i, I feel like this is a calling for me Mm. And it's a daily thing. Like it's not, you know, I think that, and you mentioned this because I'm, you know, you and I share this passion in common for the hero's journey and all that Joseph Campbell, mm -hmm. let's give a shout out to him, all that he laid out for us. Um, it's, but it's a hologram. It's not like you pass one stage and then you're done. You could check that off the list and then you move on. It's like it, they all kind of overlap and come back around and, but it's great to know the terrain. Um, so, for those who aren't familiar, tell us what what the creative heroine's path is. Well, it's twofold. Um, the first part, and I would say it's you can't do one without the other. But the first part is really taking a look at, you know, you talked about limiting beliefs and your perspective, and trying on new perspectives. I call it like it's like trying on a new hat. You know, because it's because we believe that our perspectives are real and they might be. But um, a lot of times it's just it's old stuff that we try to tell ourselves so we feel like we're in control and we know what's going to happen. Um, and if it's a limiting perspective, if we tell ourselves, for example, if you're a late bloomer and you tell yourself, well, it's too late anyway, you know, then you, you actually you create that and, and then you don't mm. do it. You know. So it's it's being aware of the path in a sense, really, as it's kind of it's a spiritual growth um, process, and and you keep coming up against some of those beliefs. And the other part is becoming more aware of all the phases in the creative process. Um, mm -hmm. For example, when I years ago when I was uh, working in the software industry. I would even think of myself as either creating or not creating. So if I was painting or writing, mm. oh, I'm creating. But then all the rest of the time, I was kind of beating myself up for not creating. And it's, it's just, it's not true. We're always, you know, creativity and the process of creativity ebbs and flows. And so when I began to look at the times when I felt blocked or I wasn't inspired or whatever, whatever word you want to use to describe, not actively creating, realizing that actually there was something deeper happening at the, at the, when I was um, not act, actually uh, creating. And that's mm. part of the process. It's that going, it's, it's a tapping into your unconscious, we call it processing, whatever word makes sense, but it's, you're, you're always in, you know, in this creative process. It's just the time when you're not doing it, it's fine. Just if you accept it and go, okay, oh, yeah, so today, for whatever reason, I'm, things are percolating. You know, it takes a right. while for the stream to come up and, you know, underground stream to come up and, and reach the surface. And you trust the process more. It's, I find that I get out of those stuck times a lot quicker because I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not actually stuck. I'm doing something deep. 
Mm. Oh, I like that reframe. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I love that. And it, I know for myself, there's something about just being on this path, like kind of deliberately, I guess, like you said, we're always on the path, whether we know it or not, we're always creating, whether we know it or not, we're always dreaming, whether we know it or not, we're breathing, if we know it or not, we don't have to know these things. But when we become conscious of it, it, it kind of accelerates things. Um, but, but I know that the more I'm on this path consciously, the, the, I don't get taken out as easily it's kind of like I expect there to be static on the line and it doesn't mean I can't still listen. So I, so you talk a lot about dragons and I guess I'm kind of thinking of that as static on the line, like the scary, like you can't do this. Who are you to do this? You suck. You're like, Oh my God, how embarrassing. They're going to laugh at you. Blah, 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 blah. I just kind of go, okay, thanks for sharing. And it's just, it never goes away. It's kind of like that scene in A Beautiful Mind. Did you ever see that? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. It's been a while. I know. It was out, like, I don't know, maybe 20 <laughs> years ago or something. Yeah. But where he, he has schizophrenia and he's got all these voices that are talking to him and he finally learns how to just just keep doing his life, even though they're following him around, <laughs> berating yeah. him, chastising him, having this whole commentary. But he just is like, okay, well... You know, I'm just going to do what I need to do and I'll just move around you. Anyway, that's been my process with it. But I guess we need to first define dragons before we find out how you work with your dragons. So define our dragons. Yeah, I call, I call that, you know, the negative inner voice, like you said, that says you can't do something. Um, right. I, an inner dragon. And the reason I call it a dragon is that on the surface, right, it's scary, and then the hero or the heroine has to fight the dragon, right, to get to the treasure. Mm -hmm. But but the dragon, you know, there's also, the dragon's actually protecting the treasure. So Ooh. Oh, nice. Yeah. So those voices that are saying, don't put yourself out there, you know, don't take that, that class on, on, on how to on painting with watercolors or whatever, because you, you can't do that. They're, it's trying to protect you from from f being vulnerable really from taking taking a chance to bring your gifts up into the light um and we hide them when we're kids we learn as we're socialized we learn to hide them and so as you bring them back into the light it's it's scary it's risky but that dragon is really it thinks it's protecting you and and, and when you get more conscious of that you go oh okay it's actually not as scary as i thought what is the gift that it's trying to uh, protect? And then that's that's the incredibly transformational. Oh, I love that. To me, that is that is a key because then you remember that there's nothing against you. It's not like you're having to fight the dragon or slay the dragon or you're just it's like you have to just understand the dragon and transform it by the power of your thought into your ally. And in a way, I mean, in a way, as you were saying that, I just had a little aha mm -hmm. about how it's important, I think, at a certain stage in our development to have a level of protection around putting ourselves out there, sharing what we've got. It's like that that saying about pearls to swine. Like mm -hmm. if the pearl hasn't been fully formed yet and it's still goopy and mushy, 
and we just put it on display, then any old swine can snort on it and stomp on it and break it. Yeah. So it's like, wait, be, be mindful of who you're sharing it with and maybe wait until you've developed enough of your own inner core strength and confidence around this so that if somebody snorts and stomps on it, it's not going to break. So that's a, mm. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you just described this process perfectly. And I think that's everybody is on that process. Every, I mean, this is like a this is like a blueprint for human development. It's just how it works. In in the dream work that I do, and I'm and I'm sure you're I'd like to hear your feedback about this. And I have a feeling it's connected, but it's I always seek to understand the quote unquote negative energies or the or the adversaries or the quote unquote enemies that show up in the dreams and discover what their good purpose is or what their gift in disguise is. And that's always a revelation to me. Then I, I always feel like um, I'm not, I don't have to run from life. Like I've had this series of dreams. In fact, I'd love to hear one of yours. Let's put them out there. But um, I, a series of dreams about wolves chasing me. And started with one wolf and then another and then and then a bunch. And the next thing I know, there's thousands of them coming after me. And, wow. And yeah. And so I I did a, a creative meditation with my like right upon awakening because I knew, OK, these wolves are trying to get my attention. Clearly, I'm not getting the message. And I don't want to wake up to have millions of wolves chasing after me. Like what's next? So I let them in my meditation, like have me from the perspective of, I know you have something to teach me, to show me. So I kind of let them devour me. And like, I kind of got consumed by them, like as if they were in a heap all over me. And after a while, and I didn't know what would happen next, but I emerged from there feeling like I had all their energy within me and mm. I kind of came through kind of like not just not the mother of dragons but the mother of wolves oh wow <laughs> <laughs> like I came out having these wolves on my side as my allies and that I, I'm just thinking about it I feel like I wake up and I percolate and it's I am so excited so we're about to go to a break and when we come back from the break talking to this amazing goddess Julie Baldwin author of the creative heroines path live your creative life we're going to talk about some of the stages of the creative heroines path and how you can recognize them so that you can be empowered at every stage, not just once you get the elixir, not just when you come home to all that applause, but on every single step of your journey. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on Ask Dr. Dream. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back 
to the Ask Dr. Dream show where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden. I'm excited to be here on Unity Online Radio. And again, if you have a question that you would like to ask myself or Julie Baldwin about dreams or about your creative life, your creative heroine's path, then the number to call is 816 251 Three five five five. I just want to let you all know that our the Ask Doctor Dream Show is now available on all podcast platforms like Apple Play, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. So look for the subscribe icon on my show page, or just go straight to like iTunes and put in Ask Doctor Dream, and you can grab it, download it, listen to past shows, and make sure to like and review it. And it just makes it that much easier for others to find this content. So thank you so much. All right. So back to Julie Baldwin. Before the break, we were talking about wolves and we were talking about the paths and the the stages of the creative heroine's path. And I think it's important to know these things so that you kind of, I think people expect, and I know myself, when, when we embark on an exciting creative path, we expect it to be just roses and and cupcakes and and unicorns and rainbows and then we can get blindsided when there's a pitfall when there's a molasses or something that we weren't expecting so this this i believe helps us to understand the terrain the creative heroine's path so that we're not we're not taken out by some of the difficulties so julie baldwin give us the stages of the creative heroine's path Okay, yeah. So there are five stages, and they and they roughly kind of follow the five act play because it it leads you through a story. And the first one is just simply, you know, you're do you're doing your routine, and you have an inspiration or some sort of an idea or an impulse, and that's what you know I call it, you know, awakening your creative spirit. It's something wants to come into the world through you, and of course, you that's that's where you always have a choice. You may pursue it or you may choose not to, um, but that's the beginning. And the second part is what I call dancing with the muse. And it's it's really messy when you first start because um, creativity is messy and you don't, it's sort of chaotic and you may not know what you're doing or where you're going. You're starting a sketch, you're starting to write and you don't know where you're going with it. But um, if you just, Take imperfect action. You know, don't worry about having a plan, but play. Yeah. Imperfect action. Take imperfect action. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the key is just do it. And that's when inspiration will come. That's when I, I, you know, I call the muse will come and and it'll take some form. You'll start, it'll start to make sense. Um, Yeah. I just want to throw in one of my favorite Julia Cameron quotes on that note. She says that in anything you're creating, it has to be bad before it can be good. So yes. let it let it be bad. Let it be a mess. And that I oh. it can Hello? be bad. It's it should it should be bad. Okay, keep going, Julie. Oh, that's okay. I thought you cut out for a second, but okay. Oh, <laughs> okay, good. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So the um, and the next phase um, is what I call you know uh, responding to your calling because when you when you dance with the muse and your and the things start to take shape, um, that's when sometimes it's a little 
like you talked about the molasses or it make it a little rough. It doesn't always feel as exciting. And that's when you have to you know, make a choice. You know, are you going to commit yourself to keep going? And what happens is, is when you do that, and then it's happened to me with my book, is that I was committed to do it even when I was times I didn't feel like it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't think I could do it. And what happened is I kind of fell in love with it. You know, mm. and that, that's when devotion is what really carries you through. Everybody talks about discipline and commitment, and, yeah, that's, that's part of it. But it's really when you sort of it, – it's like you catch, it catches fire, and you, and you mm. keep – and then the next phase, and I just want to say these are phases that happen in all different orders. This is pretty historic, though it makes sense, but realistically right. you pop back and forth. But the, the next phase, phase is what I call diving into the mystery and that's um, when I talked about when it can be really difficult, when you're not actively creating. And, and that's when the dragon voices come up. That's when the voices say, you can't do this. You don't have anything to say. You're not talented enough. All of that. And the hardest thing to do, but if you stay with it, stay in it, is that that's when that little, you, you want to call it your pearl or a piece of treasure, that's when something Happened, it's it's deeper. It's deeper than your conscious mind. Something comes up, and you're like, oh, you know, you really get a vision of what you're doing. And then the final stage is what I call sharing your gifts, which is so essential. And sometimes it's the scariest part, but that's when you really develop your voice, um, and and that's when you get to connect with other people, and that's what brings more inspiration back into the whole process. Mm. Beautiful. Wow. I love the way I love the way you've synthesized this. So let's just do a little recap for everyone. So the, what was the first one? I was um, so start oh. with the first one. We've got discipline and commitment, then devotion. But what was the very first? Um, I call it awakening your creative spirit, like some some impulse awakens in you. You want to create something. Mm, then discipline and commitment. And then I love the devotion being devoted and then letting it catch fire. I love that when you start to fall in love with it. That's so magical. And then. Um, I think you just, you just cut out again. <laughs> okay. So Julie, I know there's more. Can you hear me? Oh, now I can wow. hear you. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I think the dragon is here trying to protect some kind of treasure. Let's remember that the dragon is our ally. Okay, so I know you've got a whole other, um, there was like another way of, of synthesizing this. So what's what are, what's another way to look at, at the heroes, at the creative heroine's path? Oops, are you there? Can you hear me? I am. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. You said another way. Oh, oh you know what? How about let's talk about how this is, I mean, I thought we were just cutting out for a second, so I'm so glad that you're still with me. We're having some dragons today. This is so funny. Um, how, I think to me, this is really, really important when we go beyond ourselves. So you talk about how creativity can bring fulfillment to a fractured world where your creativity isn't just about you and the thing that you're creating. How is how how is that how how do we create that context about bringing what we're doing to a fractured world? 
Well, I think that, you know, the world really isn't quite as fractured as it seems. It just feels that way sometimes because mm. when you think about how many constant, you know, really there's constant interruptions. There's text messages and phone calls and appointments and the news cycle and social media, all of that stuff. And it just sort of chops things up and it, it keeps you from going into that deeper part of yourself where it's where you're having that quiet and calm where you can kind of tap into your inner wisdom. So the what I would I would advise anybody who wants to create more in their life is to choose to devote 30 minutes of your day to your creative mm. because that is going to bring you an oasis of calm. So, for example, in the morning, leave the TV off and the computer off and take 30 minutes to do whatever it is you you love to do for your creative expression, you know, write or sketch or take photos of your cat, <laughs> whatever it is, you know. Right, right. <laughs> and if, or try at lunchtime, you know, getting up from your desk and finding a place where you won't be interrupted and, you know, bring your journal and free write whatever comes up. Or at nighttime, wait till everybody's in bed, you know, light a candle at the kitchen table. And you know, play your guitar. You do it softly if you have to, but you have to commit to doing this. You really have to devote um, yourself to doing it. It's a conscious choice. And what happens is, when you tap into your spirit and you express whatever springs up, that you're really tapping into your connected to connectedness to the world. You start to realize, oh yeah, it's not actually so fragmented. It's just my attention that's been fragmented. Hmm. That's amazing. And I think what going back to what you just said, the morning practice, I I was a Julia Cameron devotee for the longest time. I did the Artist Way and then led Artist Way workshops for about a decade. And it was all about getting having a morning practice doing morning pages and that has been such a saving grace for me. I find that in the mornings if I'm not if I don't let my creativity well first actually my dreams that has to be first because otherwise the dreams will be poof gone done they will disappear if I do anything first before them but after dreams then comes creativity meditation and creativity and then and then the world then social media or emails or whatever work has to be done but if I on the mornings that I'm not able to do that for whatever reason it's it's hard to get back to so I, I think the morning having being unplugged from the world is so vital not just for creativity but for well-being uh, yeah think it's I not agree. just about I... creativity yeah. yeah, and I for me mornings are uh, my most creative time because I think my the proximity to the dream world, right, to being unconscious. If I'm more, I feel like I can tap into that much more easily, especially if I don't get up and you know put on the TV or turn on the computer or anything like that. And we're back with having dealt with a few little dragons, technical dragons, but we love our dragons because we know they're protecting something. So there's a reason for the technical glitches and we're rolling right along. So when we last were speaking, we were talking about kind of the the larger implication of 
of doing our doing our path and doing our creativity. And then we were talking about the micro nuances of of having a morning practice. So Julie, I don't know where you last heard me, but feel free to jump in. Oh yeah, actually I was agree I agreed with you and I said, "Oh yeah, I'm the same way." I said that in the morning um actually is my best creative time and I really suspect that's because of the proximity to you know, Dreaming. being unconscious in the dream world. It, yes. It's easier for me to tap into that part of myself. So, mm. yeah, I think that mornings, oh. are, mornings are, pr- are pretty special for that. That's great. Okay, yeah. so let's take a caller. We've got Dean, I think Dean from L.A. So, Dean, do you have a question for Julie Baldwin or myself? I, I do, actually. Thank you. I'm a big fan of Julie's, and I've read The Creative oh. Heroine's Path. Oh, and fabulous. There, there's a section in there uh, about devotion. And mm. it seems between dreaming and, and creativity, uh, it just hit me that Julie uncovers some ideas about devotion that are really key to creativity. And I, I wanted to know if uh, you guys could explore that idea of how devotion uh, really inspires creativity and, and brings creativity on. Oh my God, that is the best question. And that is exactly, I loved it when Julie mentioned devotion earlier. So yes, please, Julie, ex- please say more about that. Well, when you're when you're being creative, um, something just wants to be brought into the world. So it, whatever it is, when, if you're writing a poem, I'll use that example. You've got this impulse of this something that wants to, wants to be said. You may not even know exactly. It's not fully formed. And you start writing it, and you start working on it, and and you yeah you come into the bumps and difficulties, but it's but at some point that sense of it's like it's it's bigger than you in the sense mm. just about I want to write a poem and impress people or whatever whatever uh, ego thought you might have, it's really something that wants to come through you, and 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 that that to me is really when you fall you can fall in love with it it's have this sense of devotion it's it has a kind of a life of its own um an energy of its own and and that's that devotion is what will carry you through especially when you know you've got a fragmented life and you have to go run to the run to take your your child to the doctor or you've got to you've got a a meeting in 10 minutes or three emails or all that kind of stuff that everything that that conspires to take you away from that deep place that wisdom is sort of welling up you keep coming back to it you don't let it stop you Mm. oh that's beautiful as you were saying that i was just thinking about how like the even just the energy of devotion it being this spiritual practice um there's something i think that that kind of bypasses the dragons because i think the dragons only rear their head when it comes to now I'm now going to bring this out to the people and and let them weigh in on whether it's good or not and but if it's just within the sanctuary of your own spiritual practice then it's like oh this is safe nobody's going to see this no one's going to judge this I can write this poem here and this is like it's a sandbox there's nothing scary about that so, mm, that's yeah. kind of the feeling that I got about that and yeah. It, it yeah keep going and there's also a sense, of a sense of protectiveness towards it. You know, it's it's that, that getting getting devoted to any any anyone or anything you love. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm committed. I'm gonna I'm gonna 
uh, take care of you until you're, you know, you're fully formed and you're ready to go out into the world. Mm, and I love the feeling of it. It feels very juicy. So is this what you're experiencing, Dean? Have you, have you had an experience like this with Julie's work or with your own creativity? Well, you talked about Julia Cameron's book, and I find Julie's book is kind of the next place for me. Mm. Uh, I read I read the book and I spent a couple of days just going, pouring over notes and and I I use wow. it and and it's helped. That idea of devotion is important to me, and it's she she really helps in a very gentle way move your creativity forward and encourage you to be the best creative you that you can be. So it's through that devotion that yeah that that really clicks in where it, it she, she talks a lot about really do what that thing that you're called to do is is calling you to do just take that imperfect action and move forward and um it's only through that devotion that there's this energy and this power that she encourages and i found it really helpful so for those who are listening who are really practical types so i mean devotion can this is this is a spiritual crowd here, but also people that are, you know, have their tiptoes on the ground. So give us some ideas of, of physically how to get into a devotional practice with your creativity. So Dean, this, this question is for Dean and for Julie about how you, how you actually do that with a creative project. Let's get practical about it. So, yeah. So what I do uh, is I'm actually uh, writing a novel now and I, I actually schedule time in my week, and that's my time. Nothing else can intrude, and and it's a, a few days a week. I don't do it every day because I've got a business and other things. But it's it's, it's if you set up structures for yourself, well, however it works for you, everybody's a little bit different, and and stick to it. That's the practical sort of commitment side. You know, that's when the devotion comes up. So it's it's taking steps. It's making a commitment. To, if you can't if you say you're going to do it and for some reason you can't, then you get back to it. You know, you're, you're, it's a real commitment, and that's the practical side. How about you, Dean? It's the sticking with it part, yeah. and and that's where I was just – I just pulled out the book, and, and that whole devotion is on uh, in and around page 90, and, and it really is about the sticking to it. And that's one of the things that you've been so helpful with, Julie, is helping us to stick – stick to it with those imperfect actions and that inspiration. And, Mm -hmm. and obviously I read the book regardless of it being the creative heroine's path. Right. Uh, Thank you for that. That's great. I've really found that it's a book that just really speaks to that creative uplifting part in all of us that, uh, that feminine portion maybe, but the stick to it, to it action is kind of a masculine Section yeah. is taking taking action, moving your feet, uh, doing it, and and that's where Julie's been so helpful. Mm. I th- I think that's a great point, and I'm so glad that as a man you're you're advocating for this because I, yeah, to me this seems like this is universal. This is this is for men and women because our creativity, I think, tends to have a feminine quality to it in that it's it's something that has a lot of feeling connected to it it's it's uh, it's more in the subtle body and and then there's that structure that's more masculine but we need both so 
so why did you call this the creative heroine's path as opposed to just like, you know, a, I don't know, a different, a different name that was naturally more inclusive of both. What did you mean by that? Uh, because uh, right. I, I feel like, especially being um, in, from the industry that I was in, it's very much, mm. um, other times it's masked. It's like over masculine, in a sense of over sense, uh, over emphasis yeah. action. And right. You, you need both. So you want that action to be to come from your from your wisdom, and so it's not just any sort of action to check thing off off the list. You have to go deep. So that the first part of that process, and then I talked to more about the um, uh, perspectives and and belief systems. That's that's everything else springs from that. But you really need to be clear that you're that you've got you're in alignment with your with your values and that deep wisdom and then you act from that so that's what mm. that's so interesting it seems like we could probably divide the world into two categories not men and women but but those who tend to be more sensitive and deep that might need more of that structure because they might just live in the feelings and live in in the creativity but it doesn't ever come to the surface and contribute yeah. to people and then there's those who are all action oriented but there's no depth that they're sharing they're all willing to suit up and show up but what do they have so we need both we need them both yeah and yeah for me if it doesn't start with the deep stuff then then and the action I take is kind of I don't know it feels like it's it's kind of a waste of time um do you find that we tend to as a species be a bit more on the side of yang rather than yin like we need this creative heroines aspect to to encourage most of us to get deeper yeah I mean that's my my perspective I, I don't know if it's everyone's but I I certainly uh think that again if you just just action for action's sake um, yeah. Not this isn't going to cut it. Um, right, keeps us on and, the spin cycle. Yeah, the creativity comes from a deeper place. You're like, once you tap into that, then you must take action. But right. people back into that spot where 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 that that deep processing, the unconscious, all of that comes from, and then get it out into the world. So Julie, let's let everybody know how they can find you, your website, and anything you want to make an announcement about. We've got about a minute before we have to wrap up. Okay, yeah. So you can find me at, at juliebaldwin.com. I'm I'm also on uh, Facebook, and I I have links uh, at my website to get to my page on on Facebook and Instagram, and Twitter and all of that. Um, so yeah, check. I invite you to come look at, at my website. I've, I've got um, more information there, and um, I'm really grateful. Thank you, uh, Dean, for calling in. You had great questions, and Kelly mm -hmm. for you, having me today. It's been exciting and inspirational for me. In spite of the dragons, we I think we persisted. Yay! And Yay. the dragons are now our allies. So thank yeah. you, everybody, so much for listening. And Julie Baldwin, thank you for being amazing. Thank you for your courage and your stick-to-itiveness and your depth and all that you brought together to bear in the creative heroine's path. Live your creative life. JulieBaldwin.com is the place to go for more information about Julie. And until we all meet again next week, don't take your dreams lying down. May your best ones all come true. Sweet dreams. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.